FM 92.5 FM WVNN, the News Talk Giant in North Alabama. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. We are glad you're with us. You know, it's like we always say, we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hang with us. You'll see more and more. Uh, But listen, before we go any further, i got to tell you guys about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. Otter Creek Farm. If you've not heard about this yet, you've got to check it out. Go to their website, ottercreekfarmstead.com, and you'll find out why their facilities are so incredible that Donald Trump Jr. came and stayed there just recently. Yeah, right here in North Alabama. They're a wing shooting destination if you like to hunt pheasant and quail. They are an overnight destination. They are a wedding venue. They've got hundreds of acres of manicured grounds. The facilities are amazing. And oh my gosh, the culinary staff, the chefs there will treat you right. Go to ottercreekfarmstead.com. See if you want to reserve time for your day or your family or your event. Uh, they will square you away. Hey, listen, I'm excited to bring on somebody uh, right now. You know, we've, we've made it a point here to try and do equal access across the board for folks that are running for office. And so far, we have had three of the four candidates who are running for our U.S. Senate seat uh, with Richard Shelby retiring uh, come on the show. Most recently, we had, of course, Mo Brooks and Katie Britt and Linda Blanchard. Today, we're going to bring on Jessica Taylor. Uh, Jessica holds a bachelor's degree in political science and an MPA from Jacksonville State University. She also has a law degree from Jones School of Law. Uh, she actually worked in the the governor's office, I believe under Governor Riley in the Faith Faith Community Initiatives Project uh, Coordination Office. And then she um, started her own business later, Azimuth, a company that uh, assists community organizations and locals in finding grants and things that they're able to uh, to do. Very successful businesswoman herself. So I am pleased to bring on Jessica Taylor. Jessica, thanks for calling in to Right Side Radio today. How are you? Good afternoon, Senator. I'm very well. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. All right. I have done the same thing with every candidate. I'll start off with this. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I'm absolutely sure. I wake up with that fire in my belly every day, and I'm ready to go up there and fight. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. Now, I, I have seen um, you know some of your campaign ads uh, before. Um, uh, I, I know some of the things you said, but I'm going to go ahead and just ask you just for a second um, – I mean, I've known you for a bit personally, but but you go ahead and explain, if you don't mind, to the audience what it is that sets you apart and you think would take you to D.C. where you could actually make an impact. What would you do? Absolutely. So what sets me apart is that I'm the only conservative outsider in this race. We need somebody who can go up there and do things different because what we've got right now is a mess. They've made a mess of things, and we deserve better. We need somebody who can take our strong, conservative Alabama values to that swamp and finish draining it. And I believe I am the best person in this race to do that. I will work to defend our freedom, to protect the Second Amendment. The Constitution says our right to bear arms shall not be infringed, period. I'll go up there and make sure we hold the line against these radical gun-grabbing politicians that want to destroy the rights of law-abiding gun owners. I will also work hard to protect the voiceless and protect life. I was president of the board of our local pregnancy center and believe that life begins at conception and I'll work hard to fight the left culture of death and and make sure that we can make some good strides in that realm. I want to finish building Trump's wall. I want to support our veterans and again help drain that swamp by enacting term limits. Well, and I appreciate that. So, all right. So, Jessica, I've also done this with everybody. I had a guy on the other day who was running for Congress, and I said, okay, I have now heard your stump speech. Let's get into the details. So, um, I mean, for instance, uh, Trump's wall in a Biden administration, how do you force that issue forward uh, when he doesn't want to build it? I mean, what? How do, you, how do you anticipate being able to, if you get up there in 2022, knowing full well that Biden's got at least two years left in his term, um, 
how, how do you begin to work to make that happen? Well, first and foremost, we've got to take back the House and the Senate in 2022. That's a big part of it. And, you know, I, I'm working hard to make sure we spread that conservative message and that we take back both the House and the Senate to hopefully put a stopgap in everything that he's doing. So I think that's the first step. And then if you send me there to D.C., I promise you I'll be Kamala's worst nightmare. She is one of the most powerful vice presidents we've ever had with that tie-breaking vote. She's already cast more tie-breaking votes than 30 vice presidents before her. We've got to have somebody who knows how to go up there and make the argument to cut spending. Government is never the solution. As somebody who has worked both in government and alongside government for 15 years now, I think firsthand how much more effective the private sector is at solving our problems. I'm sick to death of seeing them take our tax dollars up to D.C. and chew it up and spit it out to us 10 cents on the dollar. So we've got to go up there and systematically cut spending. Um, and we've got to convince the younger generations and the people that we're losing that our conservative values and ideals are right, that big government is never the answer. And we're continuing to lose our freedom day by day with the more of our money that they spend. Um, you know, so I think it's a two-front fold. You've got to work internally to cut spending, and then you've got to work culturally to reshape that message. Okay, and every bit of that's true, um, and, I, and I agree with you. I, um, and, and, and 2022 is going to be extremely interesting. I think that uh, we're, we're, we're seeing left and right that uh, the, the far more liberal base of the Democrat Party is dominating the news headlines, and they are also, by the way, tanking some of the uh, potential moderate Democrats' hopes for re-election. That's, so what we're looking at right now is a potential shift in the uh, political dynamic in dc that being said you still got a biden administration that has to sign whatever laws that the you know congress and the senate send to them um but but jessica let me let me ask you this so uh you and i both were uh on the board of the college republican federation uh, of alabama um th- there's a there's a and I don't want to ever pigeonhole you. I'm not going to say that you need to tell me what demographic you think you reach the most. But I do know that you were you were reaching the youth vote uh, when you most recently ran for Congress. You were, I would say, probably fairly engaged and 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 being well accepted by what I would call the young conservative vote. Uh, have you been making inroads in that community still today with your new campaign? Oh, absolutely. We have people contacting us every day wanting to volunteer. You know, they are fired up to take back this country. And I think we've got to make sure that areas where we have strong, you know, conservative groups of folks, especially here in Alabama, that that, uh, we take it on to the national stage. You know, we know what's right and what works here. And we are losing those younger generations. And our campaign certainly spoke to them. You know, I would also argue that we speak to the conservative outsiders, you know, demographic, the non-establishment type. Uh, you know, we, we raised close to a half a million dollars from 6,800 individual donors, so small dollar donors in less than 100 days. So we know that our message resonates when we can get it out there and that we need something different. We need somebody who's not part of the establishment so, and just going along to get along. So let me just somebody who's that. not afraid to go up there and speak truth to power and upset the apple cart. Let me let me ask that real quick. So you just said something there. Now, my recollection is you've not, since you just joined the race here recently, you've not had to actually file a campaign finance report to this point. But are you saying that you've just raised a half a million dollars to this date so far? That was my race for Congress. We did that in less than okay. 100 days. Okay, gotcha. All right, just making sure. I was. I thought we might have but some breaking news about your campaign finances. Far, and you know, money doesn't win these elections. You know, it's message. And the people of Alabama will, will decide this election based on listening to the arguments of each candidate 
and then going out and working for him. If money could buy elections, Bloomberg would be president right now. So I know there's some people in this race who have had an impressive haul, but uh, the people of Alabama will uh, research these candidates and, and vote who they think is best. So well, I, I'm excited to, to I, be in this race and show folks what we can do. I agree with that. I mean, having run uh, two state Senate races, um, it, which is a different deal, it's not a statewide race, obviously. But uh, at one point, I know that my, my second run for re-election the teachers union hated me with a passion and i wound up having to raise and spend like seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars just to win a four county senate race and i think it was the third most expensive legislative race in the state at that time but the time before that by the way i didn't have a dime i mean we were raising money off of the folks who just gave us their pizza money and buying signs when we could and uh and and so yeah you're right uh, I, I won both times once with money and once without um yep. but uh that's a badge of honor if you're being attacked by AEA. yeah it truth it truthfully is so uh listen uh speaking of uh, badges of honor right now um uh you've been out there uh, making hay about uh, uh getting rid of the um of the squad and forming a conservative squad is that still something you want to pursue is is seeing a, a new group a small caucus that can that can take them to task uh in in, in, in dc I want a conservative battalion. I want to go and get the pendulum to swing back in our direction by getting people who can push our conservative values and message on the national stage and convince people that big government is absolutely not the way. This country was founded on freedom, individual liberties, small businesses and individuals that can come make a difference. What I see happening right now is alarming with the federal government spending at rates like they have never spent before. It's also funny to me, you know, that... (laughs) We haven't even spent half of CARES Act Phase 3 money. That's all still tied up in bureaucracy. So it's been the private sector that has felt this pain and has led us out of this pandemic. And so this continued egregious government spending is just going to set us up for huge problems down the road. And so we've got to get back to fiscal conservatism. And then we are losing the younger generations of Americans. There are people who think our flag stands for hatred and racism. I mean, the Olympics Committee has even sent out a survey asking whether they should change the flag. What in the world is happening? Well, You've got to have somebody you, who you bring up a point. So one of the things that I talked about earlier uh, in the show before you came on with us uh, was the fact that if they can if they can undermine our very foundations, if they can undermine who we are as a people, then they can they can change anything at that point because that's the foundation. Um, hey, tell me this though. Speaking of which, one of the latest attacks that we're seeing is in a much vaunted uh, thing called critical race theory. Uh, it has a variety of components, but uh, w- what are your thoughts on critical race theory and, and, and how that uh, applies to society as a whole? I think it's pure insanity to say that based on the color of a person's skin, they're going to think a certain way or be a certain way. As far as we've come in this country, for the left to be wanting us to go back to judging people based on the color of their skin is sickening to me, and especially in a K-12 environment. Um, You know, I think our Alabama folks are hopefully fighting that off, but you see it all across the country where people are teaching it in the K-12 environment and even separating students in a classroom based on color to teach them various sections of the syllabus. It's truly insane. Hey, um, Jessica, tell you what, we're about to head into a break right now. I hear the music playing. Can you hang on with us through the break, come back and finish up the half-hour segment with us? 
Absolutely. All right, Jessica Taylor, a candidate for U.S. Senate, is on the phone with us. This is Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Her message is worth hearing, and every single candidate who's running for office has a right to come on this show and talk about who they are. They also have a right to be asked some hard questions, and we'll see if we can do that. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We'll be right back. AM 92.5 FM WVNN Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. We're glad you're here. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. That's the mantra of the show. We enjoy doing it too. Hey, we're going to go back to talking to our, our friend Jessica Taylor, who is here running for U.S. Senate. But before we do that, before we do that, I've got to tell you guys about my friends over at eTax Breaks. I mean, some of y'all, your businesses survived the pandemic, you made it through. And or you hired people or you retained your people, sometimes out of pocket, or you put your business in a certain geographic location because you felt like that would be good for the area. All said and done, you may not have any idea that those common sense decisions you made as a business owner are actually compensable. In other words, the government has programs to reward you with tax credits or grants or other incentives that you didn't even know you qualified for. That's what my friends with 23 years of experience at e-tax breaks can do. Literally, go to their website, etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side, and fill out a little data. They don't get paid unless they find you money. Just last month, I talked to them a couple of days ago, just last month, they invoiced out over $7 million in savings for their clients just in one month. I mean, they're finding people money left and right. Do you qualify? You won't know unless you check them out. etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side. Hey, let's go back to Jessica Taylor. Jessica, thank you for holding on during the break. I assume you're still there. I am. Oh, good. I appreciate it. Hey, here's a question that I have asked. I think I've asked every single candidate, you being number four uh, for Senate, and I've had two for the Congress uh, who've been on the show. All right. So there's a massive infrastructure bill that's being ballyhooed up in D.C. right now. $3.8 trillion uh, with a T is the most recent price tag. Uh, It morphs. Depends on what day it is. Infrastructure can mean different things. But what I'm questioning is this. Uh, you, as a U.S. senator, get to D.C., and you have the opportunity to see new roads and bridges, uh, Internet, whatever else, but the only way to do it is through raising taxes. How do you respond? Never. We can cut, I promise you. I see it every day in my work, and absolutely we don't need to send them more money ever. Well, that's a great answer, and I appreciate that. So what I'm hearing right now is that uh, Jessica Taylor, as a candidate, says no new taxes. Am I right? I signed that pledge clear as day. Don't worry. Yeah, well, that that's that's good. Uh, I don't think everybody has signed that pledge yet, um, but uh, I know at least a couple of you in this race have. And so um, as, as a fiscal conservatism, uh, as somebody who identifies with uh, groups like Club for Growth and the Alabama Policy Institute, uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, let, me, let me ask you another question. Uh, just just an out-of-the-blue question here, uh, Jessica. So, you know, we we have a we have a U.S. delegation that is largely Republican, and and we've got some that choose to continue to live in their districts, and some that represent their districts, but they live in D.C. Uh, what do you think? You gonna live in D.C. or you gonna maintain residency in Alabama? Lord, no! I want to be in that swamp as least amount of time as I can. I'm gonna get the job done, come back home. My children are here; they're in Shelby County Schools. I've got three children; they are ten, nine, and seven, and 
just the, the joy of my life. And, you know, I fight for them so that, that what we have and the, the freedoms that we enjoy get passed down to them as well. And also teaching them that, you know, you don't need the government to give you handouts. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And we know that down here in Alabama. And so absolutely, I want to stay down here with, with the salt of the earth people I grew up with and love. Well, outstanding. And I think actually, too, uh, you grew up uh, over in uh, my neck of the woods over towards Ohatchee, Alabama, didn't you? I did. I grew up in Weaver, Alabama, in Calhoun County, and my parents live in Ohatchee now. So I'm very familiar with that area, and that's where I was born and raised and, you know, taught uh, all the conservative values that I have. So I believe we've got strong conservative communities all around the state, and we need to make sure that we are electing the right person that can take that message on the national stage and actually get stuff done, because we haven't been getting it done. You know, they've made a mess of things, and we need somebody who can fix it, not somebody who's going to go up there and do more of the same. What about foreign policy? So um, uh, you've got uh, all the answers uh, in in the right order, it sounds like, uh, when it comes to issues of uh, fiscal conservatism and and social policies. But uh, let me ask you this, foreign policy. What? And I'm going to ask you just to, to nail it down for me. What do you see as the number one foreign policy issue that could affect not just the United States, but even Alabama specifically? Well, are we going to call the border a foreign policy issue with all the people coming in, all the, uh, especially the destabilization in Afghanistan that may potentially happen? We've got a weak border right now, and people know that. So, you know, to me, that's one of the most alarming things that we have got to stop. We have criminals and terrorists coming in every single day in droves, and the Democrats welcome them. They encourage them to come. So to me, we've got to secure our borders immediately. Uh, that's that's a good answer. Uh, how, how do you stand on China? I mean, what are your thoughts on foreign policy with regards to uh, our largest near peer adversary when it comes to uh, military or foreign policy issues? They're certainly one of our biggest threats. You know that they are communists and they believe in communist policies, and they uh, are completely uh, doing a lot of things that President Trump was able to dial back, stealing our IP. Um, a lot of other things that we see slipping back under the Biden administration. And so I'm alarmed at something I saw recently showing how many countries around the world are now more dependent on China than U.S. for their economies and how they've come in and built infrastructure for these countries. And now I think it's part of their policies that are actually driving our social divide here. You know, it's classic Marxist policies. They're dividing us from within. And I think they're absolutely one a huge threat. And we've got to have somebody strong that'll stand up to them like President Trump did. And certainly that's not President Biden. Well, and I think certainly you're right. Uh, one of the other candidates for the same office you're running for told me he thought that our number one policy or foreign policy issue was Joe Biden. Um, but uh, <laughs> hey, listen, Jessica, uh, we've got about 30 seconds here. Tell them where they can find out more about your campaign if they want to. JessicaTaylorAL.com is our website, and you can follow us on socials also at JessicaTaylorAL. Would love for y'all to come on and support us and listen to the conservative platform that we're running on, and would certainly love your vote. Well, hey, Jessica Taylor, running for U.S. Senate. We appreciate you being on the right side of radio today. we got plenty of time between now and November 2022, so we'll have you on again, okay? Thanks, Senator. All right, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. You're not going to want to miss this next segment. One of my favorite members of the Alabama House of Representatives will be with us, that State Representative Connie Rowe, who brings a nightstick and a certain perspective to the discussion. We'll be right back after this.